You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Christmas Day is here. Man, I love Christmas. How about you? I love that feeling of knowing that before too long, I'm going to be gathering with some family and friends and enjoying some great company and delicious food. I love that feeling that you get when you know that tomorrow the Boxing Day tests on. You get to put your feet up to recover from the food coma. And as a father, I love seeing my children's reaction as the, as the paper goes flying and seeing their faces as they see the gifts that they've been given. You know, all those things are great. All those things are great and I really cherish them. But for me, I especially love Christmas. I especially love Christmas because it's such a special time each and every year that we get to set aside to celebrate and marvel at the wonder of Jesus' entry to earth. And as with last year, you know, this year hasn't exactly gone to plan, has it? It hasn't been an easy one. We've faced and overcome many, many significant challenges. We continue to live in a very different world to the world that we've known probably for a long time now, very stable, very consistent. And the world we're in is ever-changing. Week to week, things change, things shift. And try as we might, at times we really feel a bit out of control, like things aren't quite the way they should be. We can also experience naturally very big emotions and feel overwhelming feelings, feelings of uncertainty, feelings of frustration and loss. Life, at least life as we used to know it, seems to be a distant memory. And in light of this emotional roller coaster that seems set to continue, it's easy for us to feel an overwhelming sense of hopelessness as we wonder if are things ever going to settle down? Are things ever going to be made right? Our experience, while being very, very difficult, very real for many of us for a very long time, is not, if we look over the course of history, it's not actually a unique one. Many, many people, many, many people groups have experienced similar feelings of hopelessness as they've gone through different seasons throughout history. Life, this life we're living right now, can be really hard and we can all feel a sense of hopelessness at times. But here's the thing. Christmas is all about celebrating and reflecting on hope. Not hope as in the the feelings that the opening batter has, at the Boxing Day test as he waits to face that first ball hurtling towards him. Not that kind of hope. That sort of hope that he's saying, hey, I really hope I don't don't muck this up and go out for a golden duck here. That's not hope. That's wishful thinking. In many ways, sure, some of it's in his control, but other things are just completely out of his control. He could get a perfect in-swinger around the legs like in the other test and be out first ball. No, I'm talking about the kind of hope that the Bible speaks of, the kind of hope that the Bible speaks of being assurance, certain hope, hope that we can bank on. And central to the Bible's message of hope 
are the incredible events that we celebrate and reflect on each and every Christmas. The entry of God's own son, Jesus Christ, into our world. Jesus, fully God and yet fully human, entered a a really divided and sin-ravaged world. A world nothing like that which he had planned from the very beginning. You know, when God and Holy Spirit and the Father were there before anything was created, they envisaged a world that was perfect, a world that was unbroken, a world that was not at all tainted by sin. Yet this world that Jesus entered was well and truly full of sin. And you might be thinking, well, I hear this word sin or I've heard it before. What on earth does it mean? Like, what is it getting at? Well, when the Bible talks of sin, it's really talking about rebellion. It's talking about a state of heart that man can have, mankind, children, women, men can have towards God. A heart attitude that wants to be the master of our own destiny, wants to be in control and do what it wants instead of following after God and his perfect ways. And I guess in a sense, ultimately, a heart that says, I don't want to be answerable to anyone. I want to, I'm the master of my own destiny. I'm in control. I certainly don't want to be answerable to God. That is what sin is at its core. And we sin or rebel against God when we think that we don't need him. When we choose to not follow him in the ways and the things that he says are actually best for us. This rebellion, that's a good term to think of when we think about sin. This rebellion hurts us. That's clear. That's what the Bible says. Sin is bad news for us. But here's the thing. Sin is also bad news for God. It hurts God terribly. After all, when God created the world, he created mankind to be with him in the garden, not to be over there and removed, but to be with him right where he is, to enjoy intimate relationship with him, their creator, as people created in his image. God loves all of mankind and he created each one of us. He created you to be in intimate, joyful relationship with him, perfect relationship now and forever. And as a result of sin in the garden all those years ago when Adam and Eve sinned and chose to define good and evil for themselves, relationship with God was broken. The plan seemed to be coming undone. And since that time when mankind chose to sin, the rest of mankind were plagued by this thing called sin. The rest of mankind continued to be plagued by sin and mankind's sin separated us as human beings from enjoying relationship and intimacy with God. And this fractured relationship broke man's heart. You can read the Bible and see all the cries of people's hearts just longing to be connected with God once again. But not only that, this fractured relationship broke the very heart of God. Before Jesus came, people were trapped under the burden of their sin and, the Bible says, were completely lacking in hope. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, in verse 12, he sums up perfectly how people are without Jesus. Mankind was and without Jesus still is, according to the Apostle Paul, 
We are without hope and without God in the world. But when the time was right, when the time was right, God sent both into the world. God sent hope into the world in the form of a person. And that person was fully human, but that person was also fully God. As Paul David Tripp, a a writer from the US and a pastor, in his fantastic Advent devotional called Come Let Us Adore Him, as he says, the Christmas story clearly shows that the hope of the universe is a person. Hope was what the angels sang about. Hope lay in the manger. Hope caused Mary to wonder in her heart. It was hope the shepherds came to worship. Hope was presented with gifts from the Magi who had travelled so far. The Advent story is a hope story because it chronicles the coming to earth of the one who is hope, Jesus. For a people born in sin and for a world damaged by sin, there simply could not be any other source of hope. Good education would not solve the problem. Benevolent government had no power to solve the problem. More and better laws couldn't penetrate to the source of the problem. People couldn't help one another and they surely couldn't help themselves. You see, the inescapable condition of sin infects every single human being and has scarred every aspect of the cosmos, which cried out for one thing and one thing alone, divine intervention. The only solution was a saviour and the only suitable saviour with the wisdom, power and righteousness to accomplish the task would be God himself. You see, no human could ever make things right with God. But someone who was physically human in the image of mankind, yet who was wholly divine and perfect and blameless and sinless could. God sent Jesus, his only son, to earth as the perfect man to bring hope and bring hope he did. You know, I love reading the account of Simeon and Anna's interaction with the young baby Jesus when he was presented in the temple as was custom in the day. Now, we're not going to read it in full today, I encourage you, have a read of Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 39 for yourself sometime. But safe to say, it is a truly beautiful account. What I personally love about this passage is how Simeon describes his joy. How Simeon describes his joy at seeing hope right there before him in the form of this promised Messiah. While also speaking about what this child, what this child will one day come to do and what his purpose ultimately was in coming to earth to dwell with us. Here's Simeon's words from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The fact Jesus came to earth ushered in hope. That The simple fact that Jesus came brought hope to a people desperate 
for hope. But what this little child would one day go on to do and would grow up one day to do would usher in hope, not just for the nation of Israel, but hope for all peoples from every nation forevermore. You know, we like to think and focus on the little baby Jesus around Christmas time, but Christmas by even thinking about it and reading passages like this forces us to look beyond a little humble child to look to the Jesus who will grow up as a 32 to 33 year old scholars believe who would one day go on to bring ultimate hope, ultimate hope by dying on the cross, paying the ultimate price for the sins of mankind. Now, If you're seeking spiritual truth today on this Christmas day, you might be thinking, well, that is absolutely horrible. What kind of God? How could God be a good God if he sent his own son to die on the cross for all of our sins? How could God be good if he did that? Well, I want to say that's a great question if you're pondering that in your mind or in your heart right now. Paul David Tripp, again, in his great devotional, Let Us Adore Him, I think he explains why really well. Here's what he says. Sin had created a horribly unnatural separation between God and the people he had created. God created people to dwell in loving and worshipful moment-by-moment fellowship with him. People were not designed to live independently. They were not made to figure out life on their own. People were meant to live according to God's will and for his glory. The great question of human history was, how will this gulf between people and God ever be bridged? Jesus came as the only possible answer to this question. He could meet God's moral requirement in every way by keeping his law without one instance of failure. He would be the final lamb of sacrifice, paying the ultimate penalty for our sin. In his perfect life and acceptable death, he became the only way to restore relationship with God. He would return things to the way they were created to be. That's it right there. That's exactly why God the Father sent his son to earth on a mission ultimately to die and redeem mankind from sin. That's why Jesus is hope in human form. You might have heard this scripture before because it's a pretty popular one. It's it's one that you hear in a range of different contexts, even outside of the walls of churches in our day. And it's probably popular, I would say, because it sums up God's heart really well. It's heart of love, his heart to see people flourish and free through relationship with his son. And this is Jesus' words as recorded in John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's God's heart for mankind. That's God's heart 
for me. And really hear this today, friends. If you're seeking spiritual truth, I really want you to want you to hear this today. God wants you to hear this today. Friends, that's God's heart for you. That is God's heart for you. This is the hope that we celebrate and reflect on and marvel at each and every Christmas, year in, year out, no matter what, even when the world seems to be falling upside down. This is the hope that is sure that we cling on to and know and can enjoy. Jesus is the hope of Christmas and can be hope for all mankind. He continues to be hope for all mankind. Jesus is the hope of the world and Jesus can be hope for you. I want to ask you a question on this Christmas morning. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ before? If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, well, you're experiencing to some degree right now the freedom and the life and the joy that God has always intended for each and every one of the people created in his image to enjoy through relationship with Jesus. You're with him. You've trusted in what Jesus has achieved on the cross in dying in your place for your sins. Your sins are forgiven and you have or you can have, if, you, if this isn't true deep within your heart right now, you can have complete confidence, complete confidence that when Jesus returns, this is your real hope, this is an amazing hope, you will be welcomed with open arms by him. Welcome, my child. You are mine. I am your Lord. And if you haven't yet, can I encourage you to make today the day, Christmas Day 2021, where you choose to place your faith in Jesus Christ and receive him as your sure hope, your only hope too. If you do, Jesus is going to welcome you. He's going to welcome you. He's going to welcome you into his own family. He's going to forgive you and free you from the burden of your sins. Whether you recognize it or not, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, without Jesus, God, all he sees is sin. He sees the weight of sin. But Jesus clears that weight, that burden of sin. And God then sees us as perfect and blameless in his sight. And Jesus will, when you reach out to him, he will free you from that burden of sin that you can't handle. None of us can. And you'll be free to experience hope, Jesus, our ultimate hope for yourself. I'm going to close today with a quote from Tim Keller, a pastor from the US. I think it's really fitting what he says. If Christmas is just a nice legend, in a sense, you're on your own. But if Christmas is true, then you can be saved by grace. This is the good news that we celebrate at Christmas. We, you, can be saved by grace. We, you, can have hope. All of us, if we choose to, can know and enjoy Jesus as our hope right now in this life and in the life to come in eternity with Jesus face to face forevermore.
just want to encourage you, friends, reach out to Jesus today. Reach out to Jesus today on Christmas Day 2021 because he is and always will be our hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. Christmas is true. Embrace hope. Turn to Jesus afresh today. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you on this Christmas day that you are hope. We hope not in things that could be so easily snatched away, Lord, but when we place our faith, place our hope in you, we know that we have a sure thing. It's a done deal. We have been saved, not through anything we could do, but simply saved through placing our faith in Jesus, in your finished work on the cross. So God, on this Christmas day, as we celebrate your birth, as we marvel at all the miraculous things that happened, all the prophecies that were fulfilled, all the incredible, wonderful things that you did all that time ago. Help us, Lord, to remember that all of that was pointing to what you would go on to do and the hope that you would ultimately offer to all of the world through your triumphant death, burial and resurrection, your victory over sin and death on that cross all those years ago. So God, we pray this Christmas, not only today, but from this day forward, that we would all know you as our hope. Jesus, the saviour of the world, the hope for all the world. We thank you, Jesus, and we just want to give you all the glory and all the honour and all the praise. We worship you, Jesus, our true hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.